Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hillary Clinton wants you Trump supporters in a re-education camp. The Washington Post says, oh my God, democracy is dying in the darkness of holding people accountable for the things they said that they would do and that they're not doing. Oh, and Chip Roy goes off on those who want to call him a rhino. Yes, I'm Andrew Coppins, and yes, I'm flying solo. You would know that if you were watching on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Of course, you can follow me on the Twitter, at The Coppin Show, other social media, at The Coppin Show. As always, though, it's time for the best. It's time for the worst of the week right here on Critical Thinking. Good Friday to you all. I hope each and every one of you are doing well. As you can tell by now, I am flying solo. Pat is away for today. Um, no big deal. He's not, the baby hasn't uh, come or anything like that. Believe you me, I will let you know in good time uh, when all of that is coming and kind of some of the changes and some of the things that are going on. But we are flying solo. It is the best. It is the worst of the week. So let's just dive right on in. And, of course, we always start with the worst of the week. And um, we have the worst and the best of Donald Trump. We have the worst and the best of uh, the whole scenario. So I think actually we don't have the best of Donald Trump. We have the worst of Donald Trump. We have the worst of the people surrounding this entire situation. Let's start there because this is how bat nuts crazy this entire situation is. Now, if you are not watching what you are seeing on the left-hand side of your screen, if you are watching and if you are not again, go to Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. But these are literally posts within minutes of each other from earlier this week over at Truth Social. Donald Trump highlights DeSantis' COVID record is even worse than you think, which is a link to an MSNBC article 
that talks about the state's mortality numbers because not enough people had been vaccinated from back in the day. And then a post that came from Twitter, but on his Truth Social, saying that, um, um, wait for this. uh, Ron DeSantis, not Donald Trump, but Ron DeSantis has to apologize for vaccinating more people than Trump and Fauci combined. Um, r- real quick, folks, wh- which one is it? He either is a bastard for having more people die because they weren't vaccinating fast enough or well enough, even though we all know what the <clears throat> vaccine really was about, right? We all know that it didn't work in stopping people from dying, transmitting it, all of the things they told us that it was good at doing. Uh, it turns out, er, no. Um, or, or he was a vaccine pusher and that's bad. But also Donald Trump still loves Operation Warp Speed and and the fact that they were able to get a vaccine, quote unquote, out to the American people. Mind you, as we talked about yesterday, the information on those vaccines indicates that one in 800 individuals, one in 800 have had a severe adverse reaction adverse event to the Pfizer vaccine. Never mind the fact that we were pulling vaccines who had a 1 in 10,000 and a 1 in 100,000 severe adverse events scenario at play. So Ron DeSantis, according to Donald Trump, is a bastard in one minute for killing all the grannies and, and not doing vaccines well enough or fast enough. Then, on the other hand, just about 10 minutes later, oh, you're a bastard because you um, decided to vaccinate more people than you should have. If I could, in a nutshell, tell you about the chaos of the Trump thought process and campaign process to date, it's that. Which side of the... COVID-19 vaccination scenario, are you actually on, Mr. Trump? Which side? Because there is no fence sitting here. Either you are where you are, which is an unrepentant Operation Warp Speed was the greatest thing since sliced bread individual, or you are ready to repent of the sin that you had when it came to pushing this stuff. And all the other things, the CARES Act and everything else, and listening to Fauci over Scott Atlas and, you know, these, all of the the machinations. Which one is it? Uh, How? You tell me in MAGA Foreverland how you square that. I'm going to wait right here because I fervently believe most of you are in a cult. Most of you are absolutely in a cult. And that brings me to another of my worst takes. This one, coming, coming, coming from Hillary Clinton. Well, you saw uh, the number of Republicans who voted along with Democrats to keep the government open. So there's clearly a common sense, uh, you know, sane uh, part of the Republican caucus in the House. Um, but I think they are 
intimidated. Uh, they um, oftentimes, you know, say and do things which they know better than to say or do. And it will require us defeating those most extreme measures uh, and the people who promote them in order to try to get to some common ground where people can again work together. That's the way it used to be. I mean, we had very strong partisans in both parties in the past, uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. And how do you do that? Because you said you have to defeat them by defeating their leader. Their leader right. is Donald Trump. Even you. Have okay, so there's more. There's about a minute more to this clip, but but I wanted to stop it right there. A, a formal re-education. That's not actually my worst take. That's actually not why this is here in the worst take section. What is here in the worst take section is this concept that we've had really hard battles and really hard situations in the past, and but we've always found compromise. Actually, no. Actually, no. You were one of the most partisan individuals in the United States Senate when you were there, Miss Former First Lady, Miss Former Senator from the quote-unquote great state of New York. Most of you are probably thinking, oh my God, she said re-education camps. Actually, no, she didn't. She said deprogramming. The worst part of that entire situation was this concept that, that there has to be compromise on values. Because that's where we're at, okay? We are at a situation, a kind of a flex position, if you will. We are at an inflection point, if I could find my words correctly there. That's where we are. We are at an inflection point in our nation's history. Either the values of liberty, freedom, the things that we've been working on this show to revive over the last few years win, or socialism wins. That's where we're at. They are two competing, incongruent. These are not yin, you know, yin and yang type of scenarios. This isn't fighting over tax policy. This isn't fighting over, we would like a 3% increase versus a 1% increase um, over the cost of living or whatever have you. None of that is what is actually being fought over. It's a fundamental misunderstanding thus showing why Hillary Clinton belongs nowhere near a lever of power ever again in this country, and most importantly, should never be speaking in front of a camera again. Who cares necessarily about her opinion other than those who like to hear themselves speak all the time? Now, again, I'm hosting a podcast, a, a show on Rumble. Of course, 
there's an element of like to hear yourself speak. That is the point of a podcast. That is the point of doing these things. But I'm so to say that I'm not immune from that idea. But to those who have decried and, oh, she wants to put you in a re-education camp. Let me ask a very simple question to you. What happens to those who are Branch Davidians? What happens to those who have been part of, um, is it the NXVM cult up in New York? Or what happens to those who, some people suggest in the church of, quote-unquote church, of Scientology, that it's really just a cult? What happens to those who leave? There's a period of deprogramming by necessity because you have been programmed. You have been taught. Call in response and never critically think. That's the, that is the crux of the difference between religion and cults for me, is that religion, yes, it has programmatic aspects to it, but it is of your own free will. It is of your ability to critically think to pick, to choose, to do the things that you wish or not. It has rules, it has regulations, it has all of those things, but a cult is literally following this individual off of whatever cliff. The only way out is through a deprogramming. She's actually not wrong about that. If you believe that the MAGA Forever group is a cult, I do. I fervently believe, I'm not saying every Donald Trump supporter is MAGA Forever, but every MAGA Forever member is in a cult. There's literally nothing that that man, just as I presented to you the dichotomy of He's a bastard killing all the old people because he didn't do vaccines fast enough, but then he over-vaccinated. What? What are you talking about? These two things are incongruent, yet his supporters, the MAGA forever, the I will never vote for anybody outside of Donald Trump crowd, will see that and find a way to make an excuse for that. How do you know that you're in a cult? When anything and everything, whether it's right, wrong, or in between, is always right because it's Donald Trump. When Donald Trump couldn't tell you with a straight face in 2016 that we're going to build the wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. And then in 2023, Donald Trump is in front of you, in front of the cameras, and says, that's a hoax perpetrated by the media. I never meant that. But that's what you've said. That's what you meant. We all knew it back in 2016 when he was fervent about locking Hillary Clinton up for the servers and for lying and all of the things that were going on. And turns out she was the one who was actually doing the Russian collusion hoax, right? Her people, her crowd. Then a month later, <laughs> I was just freaking kidding. You, you nuts? You believe me? <laughs> When Donald Trump says that he could go out on Fifth Avenue or 43rd Street or whatever it was uh, in broad daylight and shoot people, murder people in broad daylight and get away with it, 
It's because you're in a cult, because he has a cult-like following. If you can't see that you can't critically think around the things that he has said when, when, when everything, whether it is incongruent with the thing that was just said out of his mouth or not, when that is the case, you're in a cult. You must be deprogrammed from that. That is a reality. That goes for religious cults. That goes for all sorts of other things. So I can't fault her for saying that. It is true. Now, what would that quote-unquote deprogramming look like? Well, you know, according to her and her ilk, it would be, you know, socialism and, um, you, you, you can't support liberty anymore. For some people, liberty was the gateway. For some people, the Tea Party led directly to the line of Donald Trump telling you what you wanted to hear and then not doing any of it, but you're still going to support him no matter what, not even anybody in the primary. You wouldn't vote for Ron DeSantis. You would rather vote for Joe Biden than Ron DeSantis. Are you kidding me it's not about values it's about personality for you but i'm not done here because i've got another one that is absolutely a worse take this week and this one comes from our favorite newspaper the washington post this one clearly states the headline democracy in america vote to oust mccarthy is a warning sign for democracy scholars say if you want to know what it looks like when democracy democracy is in trouble, this is what it looks like. Hmm. Hmm. Is it really? Is holding the Speaker of the House to the promises that were made and when broken, there are consequences for it? Democracy dying in our darkness? No. Furthermore, again, this isn't a democracy. This is a representative re, a representative republic. We elect representatives. It's a form of democracy. You are correct. But there are great differences between straight democracy and a republic. This is literally how things should function. Just because we haven't been doing them doesn't mean that they're not functioning correctly. Is it chaotic? Yes. But guess what? A republic is supposed to be chaotic. It is through that chaos that we get actual positive movement. It is through deliberative processes. It is through the House, the Senate, collaborating. It is through really messy, long-term scenarios that things are supposed to be done. It is not on a whim. It is not on the vote of majority over minority, period, point blank. It is not us as citizens just voting on the laws. No. This is a bad sign for quote-unquote democracy? Just no. Just flat out no. Show me your work. How is this bad for our democracy, quote-unquote? How is it bad for the republic, let alone democracy? 
But you have to have a, a, an ironclad plan. Yes, I have said that taking this vote without a plan, without knowledge of whom might actually want this position and where you want them to lead you and how you want to address the issues in front of us and in front of your body of the House of Representatives is dumb. But chaos is actually how this was supposed to be set up. It is a reason why. It was not order. It was order out of chaos that our founding fathers actually wanted it. They tried the very loose, less chaotic actually, Articles of Confederation. And what do I mean by less chaotic? Well, it was very simple. There were very, very, very limited powers of the national state and then the chaos at the state level to the point where currency was an issue and all these other things. That was chaotic, yes, but on the national level, it actually wasn't. It was pretty simple. There were very basic functions available to the federal government at that time under the Articles of Confederation. Things got more federally chaotic, if you will, under the United States Constitution, our constitutional republic. That's just me. That is just me. All right. I also have one more worst take of the week, and this comes from um, the wonderful mayor of the great city of Chicago. Just to clarify, when when is it soon as possible? Look, I'm still running a major city. I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it. But you're asking me to give you a date and I have to court. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border as soon as possible. But I got to coordinate that with running the government and making sure that my wife and children are secure as well. Thank you, Lauren. Because no mayor in the history of this city has had to worry about being a married man or woman well, at least married man for sure, with, well, technically the married woman had a wife, so, okay, um, a mayor who has a wife, has kids, needs to coordinate, because that's never happened before. I find it funny that he talks about the unhoused, that he's got to coordinate that. Isn't that part of the migrant problem that exists here in Chicago? This man, let me put it, put it to you very bluntly, is unfit for office, and he has been from the very get-go. He is just a puppet for the Chicago Teachers Union, and he is out of his depth. He should have been nowhere near any levers of broad power. We're also seeing that as he was part of the apparatus of the upper echelons of the the leadership group of Chicago's Teachers Union, Local One, the first and largest teachers union in the country. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It turns out that they failed to do basic auditing. They failed to represent anything other than their own pocketbooks and political advocacy. By the way, to those quote-unquote rank-and-file members, y'all did that to yourselves too because y'all had way more power than that small subset. You did. It's just that none of you actually wanted to pay attention to the machinations of union leadership. $50 million sale. About two to three million of it might have gone to programming to help teachers. The rest of it went to building themselves their castle, their new, or I mean, new um, union hall. The rest of it then going to political advocacy of which you didn't vote for and of which you didn't actually want any representation towards. And then it turns out they're playing funny with your money. They're not doing auditing. They're not doing anything. You aren't even holding them accountable. This is what happens. We went from the unserious, the, the unseriousness of Lori Lightfoot's mayoral time to this clown show. This is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. But hey, Paul Vallis, he had to blow, vote for, for the black man to get in on the west and south sides while you didn't. He was third, counted third. Lori Lightfoot, Paul Vallis, and then him. On the south side. On the heavily black west side of this city. And then suddenly you turn on a dime and, oh, you know what we should do? We should probably all vote for Brandon Johnson. But you didn't vote for him the first time in the runoff. The first time. You're voting for what you get, folks. And the the people in the South Shore neighborhood and other neighborhoods, in fact, again, for me, it's like less than 500 yards from me. I am watching it every day play out in front of me. But to those residents in the South Shore, what are they seeing? Uh, transitioning uh, schools and abandoned buildings to housing for migrants, but they... They, they can't deal with the, the homelessness problem that exists down there either. He is out of his depth. He doesn't know what he's doing. And 
the city is getting what it deserves at this point, and it's going to be painful for quite some time in this city. That's the reality unless people start waking up, and maybe this migrant situation is that wake-up call. But for him to say that that he, oh, my God, I can't balance, I can't balance. What you're saying is you can't handle the job. Your job is to literally find a way to balance it all out. To find a way to go to the border, to talk to the governor of Texas, to talk to the people on the border, to figure out a solution, to be an answer instead of a whiner. It's one thing to recognize the problem. It's another to do nothing about it, and that's exactly what's going on. Other than the people who are providing the health care, the people who are getting the contracts for uh, child care, literally making $14,000 in a week. In a week, folks, in one week, that's what's going on here. So what are you willing to do about it? What are you as a citizen of the city of Chicago willing to do about it? Because here's the reality, and I've said this a long time ago, the answer is not voting people into office. The answer is not um, this alderman or this alderwoman or, um, you know, socialism versus uh even mainstream democratic Rahm Emanuel types, right? The answer is us. The answer is liberty. The answer is us doing what we need to do. And we've talked about this a long time uh, amongst my friends here in the city is that we're, we're at that tipping point, that inflection point here in the city, and it's going to get ugly because we have a mayor and a police department and ineffectual leadership to the point in which we're not dealing with broad daylight now, folks, just broad daylight, people just getting absolutely accosted, um, you know, every day, multiple um, assaults, multiple armed robberies um, in the middle of the day, in the middle of supposedly well-heeled, safe neighborhoods. And at some point in time, the answer is going to come from the citizenry saying, um, hell no, we're not putting up with it anymore, and we're going to do this by taking it into our own hands. And at that point, you've got utter absolute chaos, and that is driven by a lack of leadership, a lack of of plan, a lack of showing wherewithal and know-how to deal with these issues. And this is part and parcel of that, a man completely out of his depth. All right, so with that being said, what about the best of the week? What about it? Well, I have some takes that I really enjoyed this week. And I'm going to save one that I have a lot of personal knowledge and wherewithal on um, for last. But Steve Dace gave me one of the best takes this week. And again, if you are not watching on the Rumble page. What you are seeing is uh, a story from, I believe, Nancy Mace's Instagram or her um, Facebook. I'm not going to bend the knee to DC. Great alliteration. Nancy Mace standing up being the hero. But that's not the take. The take that I love is Steve Dace's take on this. Nancy Mace is going to be the first female president says Steve Dace on X. He posted that, then went on to say, the woman is utterly shameless 
incapable of embarrassment, let alone self-awareness, which means she's perfect for this post-Christian country. She's perfect for the era. She's late Republic nonsense incarnate. And I a thousand percent agree. She is absolutely the personification of the Trump cult, of the era of Trump, of the era of post-Christian America. She is absolutely that embodiment because on the one hand, she is voting for or voting for the removal of, Ke- of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. On the one hand, she is dunking on everything that is the, the Biden crime family. All, in my view, proper things. But at the same time, she is also the one who shamelessly just gets up in front of a prayer breakfast and talks about how she was almost late because her uh, fiancé, her live-in boyfriend, whatever it is, decided that they wanted to uh, have relations, but, but she denied him. So we have to tell that story in front of a Christian prayer breakfast, right? Got to tell that story. Look, we're all sinners, right? We all do those things, but, but do you have to blast your sin in front of everybody? Especially reading The Room? No. This is also the Nancy Mace who, if you give me a second, I will go ahead and take a look at her Liberty score. Nancy Mace has a D record. A D record. Hardly Ralph Northman by or Norman, excuse me, who has a 92% and A record. She is, with the exception of Lindsey Graham. And well, she's second, second on the list of GOP representatives next to Joe Wilson at a 60% score. Nancy Mace is at a 67% Liberty score, folks, a 67%. She voted to not end federal control of local schools. She voted to force states to redefine marriage. Okay? That that was last year. She's done a lot of things that have been against liberty. Yet, well, because she says the right thing in the right arena, you, you don't pay attention to the rest of it. I guarantee you she is playing her cards to become what? The, the talking head, leader, this cool as the other side of the pillow, free thinking. She's not free thinking at all. She is not sure I'm not going to. No, she's, she is literally the squish of the squish. That's who she is. She is playing a part because this plays to the base. This plays to the fundraising, right? But when it comes down to actually having the values and voting those values and voting those principles and voting for those or against, she usually votes against the principles, usually votes against liberty. I love that take. I absolutely love the take of Steve Dace. Yeah, she is the personification of Team GOP today. She is the personification of the shameless anti-Christian era that we live in. 
oh, I'm going to go to the prayer breakfast, but I'm going to tell you about my fornication while I'm at the, the prayer breakfast, the fornication that goes against fundamental Christian values. Look, again, people likely in that room, in the same scenario, right? Are they blasting it out in front of everybody to make sure that everybody knows about their sin that they just committed? And by the way, I'm unrepentant about it. I'm, I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm not going to stop that behavior. I'm not sorry. I'm just letting you know right to your face. That's about as anti-Christian as you could get. But I'm not done with the takes from the uh, Steve Dace show uh, because Chip Roy went on Steve Dace's program um, on the heels, or not on the heels, but right before um, the ouster of Kevin McCarthy happened. And I find this to be one of the absolute greatest five minutes I have ever seen. Honestly, I'm losing interest, just collectively. And I'm about to just get thee to a nunnery and just, you know, go full on Billy Graham. And you all figure, I don't care. I, I am reaching the point, I'm paid to care. I don't care. It, it's getting harder to make me care. This is a joke. It's rudderless. And it seems as if we want to sell each other talking points that actually produce any form of substantive victory whatsoever. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I mean, you talked about a circle of uh, you, your description of uh, pleasure. Um, I, I know what you're doing there. Uh, I would also argue that, uh, you know, some of our brothers and sisters, particularly in the, uh, you know, uh, MAGA camp, I think, uh, particularly enjoy the circular firing squad. You want to come at me and call me a rhino? You can kiss my ass. Look, I've spent a lifetime fighting for limited government conservatism. I have laid it all on the line. I've not seen my family but for two days in the last 30 days. You go around talking your big game and you thumping your chest on Twitter. Yeah, come to my office and come have a debate, mother. You know why? Because I'm standing up for this country every single day. And Steve, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to go to a nunnery. Because there were people who were buried over in Normandy who deserve us to stand up for what they fought for. So that's what I'm going to do. And all of you out there who are out there saying what you're saying out on social media, you stick it. I'm going to go down to the floor and do my job, and I'm going to stand up for the people who fought for this country. And I'm going to do it the way I think is right for the people that I represent. That's what I think. I think that sums up the way a lot of people think, brother. I, I do. I just don't think they know what to do instead. And I, I get it. Look, I get it. I'm just as angry, right? I want to change what's happening here. But, you, you know, I got a bunch of people who are going out there saying, hey, what are we going to do? Right? Are we going to, you know, uh, divide the country? You got people out there saying, Texas. You got people out there saying, look, we've got to stand up and fight for this country. Or we got to say, what's our plan for freedom? You and I have talked about this repeatedly. I know. Right? What are we going to do? All I know is I have a son and I have a daughter and I want them to live free. And I'm doing everything I know how to do to get it there. And we, that the speaker reflects the Republican conference. The American people need to understand that's that. the truest thing said here. Well, there and, were a lot of true so, things said here, but that's the truest thing said right there is what right. you just and said. So yeah. all we're doing, like I respect what Gates and my four or five, six brothers are doing right now because they want to change. I respect friends of mine who went to the mic, who are your heroes out there, ladies and gentlemen, 
who are taking a different position because we're trying to figure out how to navigate through a world in which Democrats control the Senate, the Republican conference in the Senate is garbage, the, the House Republican conference has a variety of views from all over the country with 221, but if people want to play this out in real time and deal with this every single minute and every single day on social media, don't think that that's somehow going to change the game. Because what we got to do is we have to actually define the fight. Look, somebody came in here earlier, one of my staffers, looking at the fact that one of my colleagues was carjacked eight blocks from here last night in the nation's capital. And that individual, a woman, was like, what happened to a country where we can't even have order? Mm -hmm. You want to know what Ron DeSantis should be talking about as being the governor who can restore order as president of the United States, mm -hmm. just like he's done repeatedly with hurricanes slamming into Florida. I don't want to keep playing the games all this. Let's go play all the games because somebody's been indicted 12 times. And what did they do? Look, we got a governor that won by a million and a half votes, won 62% of Hispanics, won 50% of single females, has been kicking butt and could actually do the job of restoring order in this country and forcing the change. And what are we doing? We're going around in this like parade of personalities and celebrities and cult. It's absurd. And so I'm not going to do it. I'm not. This is not about personalities. What I'm going to do is keep laying out what I think we need to do to stop that little girl from getting trafficked while we're pissing around in this godforsaken town, to stop spending money we don't have, to stop turning over our sovereignty to cartels, to stop funding a proxy war. We've got to stand up and fight, and we're moving the needle, people. There are more Republicans with us than there were nine months ago. But going through into a fit of rage to go down and just blow stuff up, I don't think is the right path. I don't begrudge it. We'll go figure out what happens in two hours. But just don't think that getting out on social media that that's somehow real. It ain't. That, my friends, is about as real of a take as you're going to get from a sitting member of Congress, folks. I, I just, yeah. Like, you want to challenge my quote-unquote conservative bona fides? I've got the receipts, brah. And I just brought them. And yeah, guess what? We may have a difference of opinion as to whether or not we want to keep Kevin McCarthy, the needles moved far enough forward or, or what, whatever. But I'm working my rear end off. So the accusation of me somehow being a squish or being a rhino or being whatever, that was a fantastic way of dealing with it. Confront it head on. Because again, what happens in social media world, 99% of the time, not real. 99% of the time, that keyboard warrior, that keyboard uh, person down in mom's basement or dad's basement or or the homeless shelter or whatever, they're not going to say it to your face. They're not going to do nothing about it. They're just talking to talk. Now, from the, the absolute chaos of government to the housing sector, and this is actually... An interesting best take for me because um, this take is we'd return to pre-pandemic housing affordability if one of these three things happened. This comes from at News Lambert posting on X, Lance Lambert. The three things, U.S. income would spike by 55%, U.S. home prices fall 35%, and mortgage rates fall four percentage points says Andy Walton at Black underscore Night Inc. Why the hell would this be a best take for me? Why? Because here's the reality. This is a reality check for everybody who 
has been complaining about the housing market and this and that. Um, that oh my God, the the affordability. Um, folks, we're we're not going back to pre-pandemic affordability. Housing prices falling thirty five percent. That ain't happening, and that's not good for anybody. We already have a tight seller's market as it exists, okay? You want to tighten that some more by watching 35% drop in your quote-unquote home prices? Additionally, ironically, we might actually help ourselves by a dramatic increase in the price point. You say what, Andrew? Well, we already know we haven't affected the buyer's market. There are, there are plenty of buyers available for the houses that do exist on the market. It is why in places like Chicago, which is different than other places, by the way, we have seen a slower but still rising housing market. Housing prices are still increasing. There are parts of this country where that is not the case, by the way. And that's because they rose so dramatically. We never had that here in Chicago. And there's a number of factors and reasons for that. But then thirdly, again, are we going back, folks? Let me ask you this. Are we going back to 4% interest rates? If it fell by 4 percentage points, the current interest rate is somewhere in the range of 75 to 8%, Okay. That's the reality across the board in this country, 75 to 8%. So what that would tell us, that number dropping by 4%, would tell us we're going back to 2018, 2019 levels of interest rates. Folks, I don't know how many times I have to tell people this, but the reality in the housing market when it comes to those mortgage interest, interest rates is that they were what? historically low for the last time. They were historically low. Historically being the key word there because we had never seen them that low before. The 2.99% interest rate that you got maybe in 2020 or 2021, it never happened before and it is highly unlikely to ever happen again. So what do, what do I advise people? What do I tell people right now? Either get comfortable. You have to be comfortable with, you have to love your monthly payment. You have to love the neighborhood. You have to like the home and you have to be okay with your monthly payment. And if you are not okay with the monthly payment and what it can afford for you, you have to make your decision. And by the way, it is not as if rent prices are not increasing, although they are increasing at a dramatically different level than they have been over the last two years as well. You have decisions to make, but to sit there and try to play a game of timing the market, you are never going to win. You are never, do you or do you not want to make your move? If you do, you have to be okay with the realities of the marketplace as they currently exist. 
You cannot play the game of, well, what if, what if 10 years from now? What if the housing prices uh, fall 20% in 10 years? Yeah, that might actually happen. That could happen. Will it? I've got no idea. You've got no idea. Did you see 10 years ago from 2020? Did you see in 2010? Did you see um, interest rates going to 3%? Hell no, you didn't. What was the interest rate in 2010? You don't know. I don't know because it didn't matter. Were people still buying homes when interest rates were 20%, when they were 18% when they bought homes in the 80s and early 90s, when they were in double digits in the early 2000s? Were people still buying homes? Yes, they were. Because there are three things that change, that that motivate people. Yes, one of them is money. But the other realities are changes in your life. Um, maybe you're adding your first kid and you can't really work a two-bedroom. You need an extra bedroom or you want to get out of a condo and into a single-family home. Uh, maybe you're changing your location, right? Or maybe you're getting a divorce or somebody has died or... Uh, you need to to move because a dramatic shift in your life and you are incapable of living on your own happens. Life changes. That's it. Literally, that is it. That is the only motivating factor at the end of the day. None of the rest of this matters. And this is why this is the best take. Because this is the reality check. None of those things are happening to get you to your quote-unquote pre-pandemic levels. You may have buyer's remorse for not having jumped into the pool. But we are where we are. We are where we are, and either you want to get in or you want to get out. All right, folks. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. I hope everybody enjoys it as much as humanly possible. We're starting kind of the, the beginning of the fall weather here in the Midwest, so... Uh, hopefully I'll be able to enjoy some of that. But folks, while you're enjoying your weekend, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals. And as always, remember Matthew 547. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.